Welcome to the Wealth Matters Podcast, where investors come together to better understand how to build passive cash flow and create generational wealth without all the confusing mumbo jumbo. Here's your host and co-author of Amazon number one bestseller, Alpesh Pamar. Welcome to Wealth Matters Podcast. I have Garrett Nan with me today. Garrett is a real estate investor located in New Jersey, but owns all of his properties except one outside the state. So he's like me. We were talking about it. I'm in California. I have never invested. I mean, I have invested once in California, but mostly 99% of the time it's out of the state. So he bought his first property in Huntsville, Alabama five years ago and continued to buy until that market exploded. So then he started building a team in Pittsburgh area and has scaled up 210 units total. So I think this would be a great episode for people who are sitting on the sidelines because they're a home market, their own backyard is too expensive. Like, and, and right now every market is expensive if you compare it. But again, just, just looking at the ROI, most of the markets like New Jersey, California, Arizona, they just don't make sense. So you got to think about out of state, but a lot of people just sit on the sidelines waiting for the right opportunity. So I am looking forward to uh, this episode. I want to peel some onions here. So welcome, Garrett. Hey, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So first question we ask everyone, tell us something funny or interesting about yourself. All right. So w- w- one thing interesting that, you know, my, my little claim to fame is I used to work for Chipotle a long time ago. Chipotle, and huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and my Chipotle was selected to be the uh, location that cooked for the Yankees after every home game. Whoa. So in uh, 2012, 2012, I cooked Chipotle food in the Yankee clubhouse for an entire season after every home game and met all the players and all the old timers. And uh, it, it, it was a great time. So that was that, that's my little claim to fame. Interesting thing that I, uh, I try to drop into a lot of conversations. <laughs> that's awesome. But did you make sure to take autograph from everyone on that burrito ball or the burrito? You know, it, you know, it was specifically said on the first day. Oh, by the way, don't you dare ask anyone for an autograph or anything like cook the food, serve the food, chit chat, clean it up and leave. And get and out. If you're cool. We'll be cool with you. I got a haircut. They've got a, they got a pool back there. Oh, they got a barber shop. I mean, so I got to use all the, all the all yeah. the facilities. Which was really cool. <laughs> but no autographs, so you can't sell anything on the market. No, no, no. I didn't do any <laughs> autographs, and and um, I only I, I don't think I had a smartphone yet. So I think there's only one no, picture yeah. that could actually prove that I did this. <laughs> oh, no, it's it's great. It's the experience, it right? The experience yeah. matters. Yeah, it was interesting. I think right now we are we live in such a social media world that we want to prove to others that we did this thing. I am at the airport. Sure. I'm meeting at the blah blah blah. Who cares? Yeah, really. Right? Who cares? Yes, I know the I was experience there. Experience matters, right? Yeah, yeah, the experience. <laughs> I mean, we were VIPs. We yeah. went. We showed up with free Chipotle cards. The, 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 the people loved us. We walked right. through doors opened, and we just handed out free uh, free burrito cards. We were. Right. Total VIPs, and it was awesome. Oh, that's awesome, man. So how did you, from Chipotle, that's a great story, by the way. How did you get started with real estate? Well, I actually got started with real estate 
initially. So I had a couple of starts and stops. I got started when I was 18. The very first credit card purchase I ever made was the Carlton Sheets No Money Down Real Estate Course. Nice. And he, he ran an infomercial at right. night. Right. And I bought it. I went through it, did 500 cold calls and failed on every single one of them when I was 18. So that was my start in real estate. And I kept that course until the day I bought my first property. I said, this, my first credit card purchase is not going to go to waste. And it wasn't until 15 years later that I actually bought uh, my first property. So I, I've been in real estate for, for since I was 18, uh, wanting to do it, but never actually pulled the trigger until about 15, 16 years later. Wow. So I have two questions about that. Um, why did it take you so long? You know, um, I, I, could, I could do a 10-hour podcast on that uh, question alone. <laughs> just a minute. Um, you know, yeah, in just a minute, uh, I, I, I had a really good job okay. uh, right when I was 20 years old. And uh, I just went with that job and uh, just, just started a career. And kind of put everything to the side. Yeah, and, and think things get in the way, right? And then yeah, you know, had a house, got married, did exactly, all that stuff. and yeah, yeah. But but yeah. I'm glad that you got back after 15 years. So second question I have is that if that book was given to you for free, would you have taken an action? No. Right. No. <laughs> no. I, if, that, if I got that book for free, I probably never would have made the first cold call. Yeah, yeah. Or um, maybe got, you wouldn't have even finished half of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got, I got cursed out so much when I was 18. Like I just, I, it, it was actually a great experience to get cursed out as much as I did uh, back then. Because uh, now it doesn't, now, now, now it's right. You know, right after that, it just, you know, duck off of water. Like you don't, exactly. you don't even know. Yeah, you don't even, yeah, listen to it, right? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> what did that guy say? Oh, oh, all right, yeah. No, that, so what was your very first real estate investment then? Other than, of course, you bought your primary house, but in, as yeah. an investment yeah. property. Yeah, so uh, my, my real estate partner and I, we, he runs a business and I, I, I run another business and we were just working together one day in, in an office. We decided to meet up and uh, he was into real estate for a long time. I had always been into it. I, I now had friends that were involved in it, doing wholesale deals and things like that. And um, we were in a conversation with someone about North Alabama and it just so happened that we knew someone who lived in the Huntsville area. And we just said, I, I, it's time. It's, right. it's time. We, I don't care if I lose all this money at this point. Like I just don't care anymore. I have to do this. We have to try this. And, uh, we made that first purchase out in, in Huntsville, small single family, ranch house bought it with cash didn't refinance it did no, no idea what we were doing right um but we just did it and that, that that was the first purchase we made that's that's great so and i love alabama market by the way i still own my property in birmingham alabama and oh, I, nice. about, I bought it about five years ago about the same time 2017 and i was looking at Montgomery, huntsville and montgomery both yeah. at that time and i you got it at the right time in those in yeah, that market yeah huntsville <laughs> this, this week huntsville i think in the uh, uh world news and report magazine whatever that magazine is that 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 puts out the lists of cities 
the uh, the best city to live in the United States is Huntsville, Alabama this year. No way. Okay, yeah. I got to check it out. So yeah. how did that investment work out for you? Did you I still mean, own we, it? What what happened? We we don't own that one anymore, okay. but that what that investment did was made us realize it was possible, right? That 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 first step forward uh, made us realize it was possible. Um, it wasn't a the greatest purchase we ever made, but it was the best in the sense of we bought one, someone sent us a rent check, and you know the process got started and 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 then just started figuring out how can we duplicate. You know, how can we go from one to two, two to four, four to eight? And um, we don't own that property anymore because the, the neighborhood exploded and we got a, we got a ridiculous offer. Yeah, why not? So we said, all right, yeah, yeah. We, we, we don't like selling them, but we sold that one uh, because it was, you know, too, offered too good to be true type situation. Oh, that, that's like, awesome. Sure? I actually asked the guy, he's like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, man, we'll sell it to you. No problem. So one thing you mentioned is it's pretty good that it it wasn't um, like a crazy good deal when you bought it, but you still went with it and it worked out really well. Yeah. A lot of newbies or a lot of beginner investors, they, they want to hit a home run, right? They want to copy you and I, and, yeah. and, and then they wait forever, right? You, you should not be waiting forever. Find that deal because that deal doesn't have to be a home run. It doesn't have to be a blockbuster, but it will teach you a lot of things. Uh, there, yeah. There'll be tons of lessons throughout that deal. Uh, my first deal was a dud. Actually, I lost every penny I put in it. Okay. Right? So I, I learned a lot from it and I continued. I, I said, yeah. okay, I'm not going to back off. I know this works. I know a lot of billionaires were made out of from real estate. I got to just, you know, stay focused. So yeah, absolutely. My, my whole life, I just used the mindset. If one person can do it, then anybody can do it. Exactly. There's, there's, there, there's, there's just something I'm not seeing or understanding, but I'll find out what that is. So uh, now let's talk about out of state. Why did you choose to invest out of state? Because even at that time, New Jersey wasn't, you know, going up like crazy. Even, even now it doesn't appreciate a lot. So yeah. Well, so why, why out of state? Um, you know, I'm I'm in New Jersey. Uh, you know, I, I, at the time I was living in a townhouse. Uh, the taxes were eight thousand dollars. Property taxes <laughs> uh, was eight thousand dollars for my townhouse. No property, no nothing. When we went down to Huntsville, I mean, there were four unit quadplexes that were being sold for 60,000. Like they, people were trying to give you a four. Now that same fourplex today sells for 350. Whoa. But 60 to 80,000 people were just trying to give them away. And it doesn't, that didn't take much mathematical calculation to say, wow, well, you know, 600, 700, some of these were getting $800 a unit. Right. I mean, you're, you're grossing $3,000 a month on an all in 120,000 after rehab. Yeah, and you may is, even yeah, you may even get your money back in 3 4 years. Yeah, that's <laughs> like a unicorn purchase. I yeah. mean, it was just we 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 got there at just the end of the discovery of Huntsville right before it 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 exploded yeah. us, you know, people I, like I us know. out of the market, but we were <laughs> able to it didn't take much to see what was going on there and just talking with some right. people saying like, "Wow, this is we can make a lot of money cash flow wise um, quickly than a, a market like New Jersey. Oh, that's great. So how are you picking the markets to invest in or how, what did you do at that time to pick the markets? 
Well, at, the, at that time, it was just, I don't want to call it a fluke, but it was, it was, it was a referral. It was, we, were in a, we were in a conversation and someone was talking about it and we just kind of took mental notes. Um, so that was, you know, like turning 21, you go play blackjack, you seem to hit yep. all the time. So we, we, we got a little bit lucky at first with that conversation. But going forward, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're looking for uh, strong cash flow markets uh, with not a lot of appreciation potential, because um, that just really lowers the window on how quickly you can build a portfolio. You know, Huntsville, we were, we were not there very long before the prices doubled and tripled where buyers like us couldn't compete. Uh, so our, our markets that we look for, that we try to open up are good cash flow markets, that re- reasonable appreciation, nothing, nothing, you know, we're not looking for uh, hot, hot markets and, um, you know, and good employment, you know, right. hospitals and some technology and uh, maybe a university area and, you know, closest metro, things like that. So uh, what steps did you take before buying your first property out of state and how has that changed now? What have you learned and now what kind of steps do you have? <laughs> yeah, so the, uh, the first step was we just went there for a couple of days. Okay. Uh, not, not a lot of uh, scientific uh, evidence went into buying that first house, but now we're going out there. Uh, we're going out to a new market in a couple of weeks. We're going to meet with a variety of agents, meet with general contractors, um, but, but, you know, meet with every single person that could possibly be on your team is, is crucial before you buy uh, in, a, in an out-of-state market. And uh, just setting up that process, setting up interviews, and just, just kind of understanding the type of personalities you want to work with, because the real estate business will present you with <laughs> a wealth of personalities on a yep. daily basis. I agree. And what kind of processes did you set up to scale up real estate business out of state? Now For that sure. So that's a, you went from 110 units now. So, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're, you know, we're buying a house every week. We're going to contract every week now. And that, and, and, and a big part of that is the process. Um, so to get granular with it, I block two hours a day, every day to look at properties and make offers. So, so first part of the process is I am making offers every single day, seven days a week, I am sending in offers. And, you know, the process is goes to our agent, they, you know, just putting in the offers, we put contingencies on there for just a contractor inspection. Uh, Then it it, it comes, comes back to us, we get renovation budgets, we approve everything. It's just little check checklist stuff along the way. But the first part of it is, is everything. We, we make offers every single day uh, on properties. And so offers every single day, but how are you getting those uh, properties? You build the relationship and do you have a team who looks at the, or performs the due diligence or it's you yes. or your partner? Yeah, so we have a team. We have, we have an agent. We have a general contractor, uh, title company. I mean, we're not going out and seeing these properties. Uh, we're getting... Uh, we have a photo list of about a hundred photos that we like to see. And uh, so as soon as we put an offer on our offer is accepted, we have 14 days to get the photos, the rest of the photos, the contractor inspection and, and the rehab. So there's a team, there's a team in place that does that. And how did you build that team? 
So we started going out to the Pittsburgh area, just meeting with people, uh, made ourselves very available, just uh, being reasonable, being uh, approachable, and just building that relationship so that an agent, because that's how we like to buy through, through agents, is willing to put in 25 to 30 offers uh, a week to try to get one one to two accepted. So um, just a lot of time on the phone. I talk to our agent every day. I talk to our contractors every day. I talk to our title guy three times a week. We talk to our insurance guy every week. And just just being a good business owner, being a good steward of your business is is the best way to to approach out-of-state investing. Just taking ownership of every step of the way. And how many times do you have to visit, let's say, Pittsburgh? If you are putting offer every week, do you go every month, every week? How do you manage Uh, the existing properties as well as maybe the properties in pipeline? Yeah, so we're we're going out to Pittsburgh uh, three times a year. Every, you know, every three to four months, we head out that way. Alabama is uh, once a year. We're we're actually going next week. Uh, Next week, I'll be in Alabama for a whole week. Uh, and then we also own, we own in multiple Pennsylvania markets. So uh, every three to four months, we, we, we take just a little, uh, little lap around the, the, the stuff that's close to us that we can actually get to drive to and be reasonable. And then Alabama, we're going out once a year. And uh, are these agents looking at only um, on market properties or do you also get off market? We also get off market. Um, I would say it's, Seven out of ten are on market, and and three are are off market. So a couple of the agents we work with also have a decent pipeline of off market properties. And is it because you have built pretty good uh, relationship with those agents? Yeah, the Jackie. most the the the, 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 the here's what agents care about that you can close on yep. your deals, right? That, offers are one they thing. Get paid. That's when yeah. they get paid. They yeah, care. I can make a hundred offers. If I never yeah. close on anything, yeah. then it doesn't matter. So over time, we, we've we've proven that we we close 100% of the deals. We get the contract, but barring the contingency. If the contingency right. players, we, we have a 100% close rate. And I would say at least one out of 10 deals we, we get is from someone who didn't close. We, we bought one two weeks ago. An agent called us up and said, I'm supposed to close tomorrow on this property. This is right in your buy box. You know, she knows what our buy box is. She knows what we're looking for. She knows the neighborhoods. Can you close this tomorrow? And yes, we can close this tomorrow. So nice. I think that having the ability to you know, we have a 100% close rate really elevates our status amongst agents because that I, I they agree. lose a lot of deals at the closing table. They lose I, I a lot agree. So one, one, of course, they don't make money, right? Second, right. they also right. lose reputation. Well, that's a big thing. not close, right? Yeah, because the, the, the reality is we're putting in, you know, not every offer is a low ball. Some offers are asking price, but the reality is we're putting in a lot of offers that um, not, I don't look at them as low ball. It's what our calculator mm-hmm. yeah. spits out at the bottom like that's the number yeah and you know you got to be able to close on those and you got to have an agent who's willing to do that and put in those offers and know that you're actually going to close them if if i put in 30 offers and you know someone 20 people say yes 
that could be a problem if you know the yes. agent's saying how are you going to close this but yeah. we, we, we close them all oh that's great so one more question how um are you using your own uh, underwriting tool or did you buy it through a group and then pretty much customize it? What kind of underwriting do you do? So it's just a, um, I took a course on how to create good Excel calculators. <laughs> I took a couple courses on that. Uh, and I just create my own, I have my own underwriting calculator for the exit strategy. So there's okay. a, a short-term rental calculator a uh, we do some rent to own there's every type of exit strategy has its own uh, calculator and i'm just plugging in some numbers and, and and looking at what it spits out and then you know doing a little google maps driving around and the underwriting process in the beginning once you really start knowing the market is is really quick i i, I know within a couple of minutes if i'm going to put an offer in or want to buy this house no, that's great. So uh, one thing you mentioned that you are focused on cash flow, right? What kind of return are you looking at? Is it, um, you know, from cash flow perspective? Well, from a from like a cash on cash perspective, our, our returns are infinite because we're all the way out of the deals. I mean, we're doing everything with private lenders. I mean, we're uh, very little money is into our deals. We just refinanced a th uh, three houses into one portfolio. Uh, I think you know, we're coming to the table with like four grand for three houses, <laughs> fully right. renovated, now rented, you know, the, the, the yeah. Burr strategy, which yep. uh, has, is the only real estate strategy there is. I mean, there, there's, yeah. that's, you got to get the cash back unless you're super. Uh, yeah. Especially super if you're in single family world, yeah, you got to get yeah. the cash out. Yeah. Yeah. One, one to four family, uh, all, all works well. And um Yeah. So uh, what do you look for in rent to price ratio or is that a number or? Yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> we're looking to be $300 minimum on the net of okay. a rental. That's the, that's the minimum. If it starts getting close to that dollar amount, then you have to really, you know, from our, from our business model, really make sure that uh, there's not a big amount of cash left in. Um, you know, if you want to pick up a short-term rental where you're making 1500 net a month, well, 20, 25,000 leaving in that um, to recoup that over two years is fine. I mean, that's a great business. You ask yep. any entrepreneur in the world, hey, if you can get all your money back in two years, is that good? And they'd say, you know, yeah, sign, you know, sign me up for that business yeah, right now. And then it's an infinite return. Yeah. So, so that is after refinancing. Yes. That's what you are saying. So, so you, when you are putting everything in the calculator, you are making sure that after renovation, you know, this property would rent yes. for this much and we'll pull most of the equity out if possible. And yeah. that's when it should be like 300 bucks. per. Yeah. Month. On, on the minimum side on, you know, for certain neighborhoods. And then we start creeping up in the four or 500 on single right. families. And we've got a lot of multifamilies that just blow that number out of the water. Right. Oh yeah. But um, that's 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 kind of the threshold of of, of where we're at because we want to accumulate assets. We want if it's a really good asset in a good neighborhood, um, then yeah, we will make some exceptions on that. But that's about the threshold. No, oh, that's awesome. So, which markets are you focused on right now, and why? So, Pittsburgh Metro. <laughs> Uh, is is our main focus. And I, interestingly enough, Pittsburgh in another magazine was just named the most affordable uh, metro area to live in. And 
you know, w- whether it is or it isn't, it's affordable for investors. And right. it's just a just a great area. It's got all the sports teams. It has industry. It's got um, surrounding metro areas that are good. Uh, we, we, we really like that, that, that area. Uh, houses are older and inexpensive. And if you got a good team, you know, everything is you can get your money back on most houses out there. That's awesome. So I'm going to throw a curveball because I yeah. see right behind you, I see a crystal ball. So if you can take that out and tell us what do you think of the current state of the market? You know, and, I, and I, what's I, coming. Yeah. Like I get, <laughs> I get that a lot and, 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 you know, no one knows what's right. coming. You know, no, what, what I do know is that I am getting houses, getting deals for less now than I did six months ago. And there's still minimal amount of inventory. So there's that fear factor that sellers have right now in my market that they probably don't really need to have. But when you watch a little bit too much news, maybe you might be believing a little bit of the hype. There's still not a lot of inventory, but in the last couple of weeks, we've had offers accepted that were uh, significantly lower than they were six months ago. Yeah. And it's changing. I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and the, and the rents are, are solid, you know, the yeah, rents, are, really rents really are going up. So <laughs> yeah. rents are going up. Our, our, our last round of rentals that we just finished uh, rented for above our expectations from nice. when we bought it and they appraised at the expectations and we bought them for a lot less. Nice. And I think there will be a slowdown. I mean, that's natural, but yes, it, it's supposed to happen. It's bound to, I mean, happen. we're in, you're in, you can't be in the real estate game and think that there's not a cycle of yeah. In uh, stocks or real estate or crypto, yeah. there will always be a cycle, but yeah. if you are in it for a long term, you'll be fine. I, yeah. Yeah. That's why take kids out there. Start when you're 18. Don't wait yes. 18 to buy a property, put, put 10 grand in the, in an IRA or a, a money market. And it'll be worth yeah. like a million dollars in 40 years. Yeah. No, I already did that for both of yeah. them. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think the market about... will be busy still. I think it's going to yes. be busy. I think that it, it, it's, if, if you're picking up great assets and you're, and you're, you're tightening your belt a little bit on the types of houses you want to buy, um, that's all we're doing. I mean, we're just tightening up on, on our buy box a little bit and taking 10% off our normal offer and it'll be fine. Nice. What has been your best deal so far? All right. So we've got a lot of them, but the, 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 the best deal, because I asked my business partner this, I say, what do you think our best deal is? And see if we had the same, same thought on it. Uh, it's, in, it's an Airbnb that we're just finishing our rehab now. Uh, it, and it was a seller finance so we didn't have to come to the, the table with any money whatsoever. Nice. Said, I just get this house out of my life. <laughs> so we seller financed it at a absurd price. I mean, we, it was basically a teardown. It's okay. a bigger rehab. And we have the nicest house for short-term rental in like a 50 mile radius Whoa. this thing yeah, is going if you tear, tear it down <laughs> yeah i mean and 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 you know we we over renov- people always tell us we we are over renovators you know we will put marble in we will buy you know large amounts of better product and hold on to it we we have very high uh you know ownership pride and we want our contractors this is one thing people forget about in the real estate 
contractors don't want to do crappy work for you. They want to do, they want, everyone wants pride. In, yeah, they are in, going to lives. showcase, right? They, they, yeah. they need referral. They, they will showcase all yeah. your properties. <laughs> yeah, contractors love working for us. We're, 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 we're reasonable people and we want it to be done well. I want the little bit better lights. I want the little bit better yeah. countertops. I want a better uh, toilet. I want new toilet. I want all those things for our tenants. So the contractor has pride putting it in. I have pride in ownership. And, and our tenants have pride in their their place that they live as well. So how much uh, did you put in for the innovation and, and what is it earning right now? As yeah, so so it's, it's not on Airbnb yet. It, okay. the, the rehab is just finishing it. So okay. we, we got it at 32.5, okay. which is... <laughs> ridiculous yeah and yeah i didn't pay any money for it and we put the owner on a 15 percent interest okay. on the on this purchase of the house we put in one hundred and fifty thousand dollars into yeah, this house bad. Yeah. and it is it is five we well, there's nothing we haven't thought of it is five star all the way through we'll probably get a 300 plus on nice. the arv and be able on our refi be able to actually reduce our loan to value yeah, and get a better interest rate. Yeah. And pay and off the salary if you need to. You pay, pay, yeah. <laughs> everyone's going to get cashed out. Yeah. We had private lenders finance the rehab right. for us. We had the guy who owned the house finance the purchase of the house. And uh, we just had a lot of fun building it. So it's definitely the best, the best deal that we've done. It's going to make net a couple thousand a month for a really long time. So, um, and I know that we will always have some uh, educational experiences, right? So what has been your worst deal so far and what did you learn from it? Oh, that's, that's, so I got two worst deals. Um, so I'm going to just cover them both real quick yeah. because they're, they're different, different, okay. different, different things though. So the first worst deal was a flip. It was our second flip and we lost money on it and we got talked out of doing a bunch of rehabs that we wanted to do. We didn't know the market well, and we left things in the house. And I, I used to have my, my license back then. And I was the one selling the, the, the flip as well and having people come in and just kind of tear it apart. And we sold oh. it for less Then we got killed on the crawl space during an inspection that we didn't check. It was our second flip. Didn't even think to get any of that done. It was an REO property from a bank and just, disaster so the huge learning lesson there was go with your gut do your research if we had rehabbed what we wanted to do versus what we were kind of sold into doing for the flip i, I think it would have had a much better outcome the other disaster deal was we bought a four unit at an absurd price uh in pennsylvania and it ended up being completely metered on one meter everything and uh, it came out yeah. of are and we kind of mi missed that on the due diligence so we don't make much money on that property uh it's a great property and the quote we got was forty-eight thousand to split the utilities which uh we're not going to do and um not a terrible deal but a big learning lesson uh now when we make multifamily offers every single time since that date we find out the utilities if yeah, not separated, no, I, I learned that as well, that all those triplex and quadplexes, they're always a one meter. And yeah, just, yeah. And in Alabama, difficult. it wasn't a, yeah, Alabama wasn't a big deal. You always paid water as the landlord. That was right. like a law there. 
it's a thing. Uh, in PA, they didn't really have that. And, and we kind of missed that on uh, during the due diligence. And we don't lose money on the property, but you know, you get excited when you buy things. You're like, wow, we're going to make this right. much money. And then we started getting the utility bills that uh, we're yeah, not going to make anymore. this much money. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what happened with me in my first property. Even it was single family and I didn't know the previous tenant had signed the lease where it said that landlord covers the water yeah. and sewer. And the water and sewer, you would think that it would be maybe 200 bucks a month. This guy has a leak. He wouldn't yep. even let us in. And the water and sewer was running more than the rent. Yes. More yep. than the rent every month. We just month. fixed their leak in that same so I was covering the cost every month. He yeah. would pay me 700 and I pay $1,000 for water and sewer. Exactly. And I'm like, what? That, that's this house. If you're buying multifamilies, this will happen to you at probably once. But if you're watching this, you know, get the utilities on a contingency. And also, we must see the bill now. Yeah, like you got to show me. <laughs> yeah, I learned uh, that the hard way. And there's no. people saying, "How could you buy a multifamily without knowing this?" Uh, in this market, you buy first, and uh, yes. you know, <laughs> just missed, missed that little piece of due diligence. Yeah, but yeah. we don't lose money on it. It's just not as not oh, a great a purchase as it first looked. So thank you for sharing all these golden nuggets. Let's take a quick break, and after the break, we'll go through the same questions I ask every guest. All right. <laughs> You're listening to the Wealth Matters Podcast. The Wealth Matters Podcast. For more info about what we do, check us out at wealthmatters.com. It's wealth, W-E-A-L-T-H, matters, M-A-T-R-S.com. Welcome back to Wealth Matters Podcast. Garrett shared a lot of information regarding out-of-state in, uh, investing. Thank you, Garrett, for that. Yeah, Are you ready for five round? Let's go. Would you be changing any business or investment strategy after this pandemic is over? And I think we are pretty close, but you, you never um, know. <laughs> just doubling down on my efforts, just realizing you, I, I, I need to buy way more, be way more active and uh, go, go for my goals a lot faster than I was. And um, you mentioned about a book which you uh, bought around when you were 18, favorite real estate or investing book for right now. All right. So I would say my favorite investing book is uh, The Millionaire Next Door. Mm. It, it doesn't get much excitement, but man, does it break down the true millionaires. Millionaires are not the people we see on TV. They're, 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 they're not uh, the people on social media. It's the guy that lives next door to you. Yeah. And understanding that was a huge mindset shift for me when I first read that book. Uh, so the second book, though, that I will say everyone should should get on their bookshelves is a book called Extreme Ownership. Oh, that's and, an awesome book. My favorite. Yeah. I have and, it right and, here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And 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 in real estate, it happened to us last week. A, a painter painted the wall a color that was like, where, what, where did you get that color from? And so, well, you never sent the color. It's not that exactly. It's not that guy's <laughs> fault that he did, that he chose the color. It's our fault. That is, you you have to take extreme ownership in the real estate yeah. game. It is your yeah, fault if something. For running any kind of business, I think. any kind of business, you absolutely. Got to take ownership, otherwise yeah. you, you will not go nowhere. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It, it, you you've got to be the buck stops with you in all scenarios, and that book really creates that mindset well for you. Any tool or website you recommend or you cannot live without? <clears throat> Ooh, 
Uh, in our business, I cannot live without two pieces of software. Uh, one of them is a software called Invest Next. Okay. That yep, I know. Yeah, it tracks your, if you're using private lenders, you need to track that yes. and that needs to be readily available yep. for them to look at. I know a lot of guys who do it on an Excel sheet. No. And that, so Invest Next actually customize a platform for us specifically because it's more for syndications right yeah i cannot use syndication live without pro for my yeah. capital raising yeah. yeah cannot live without invest next because investors call us hey how much money do i have with you what's my interest rate they yeah. don't know yeah. they're you know they're, they're busy people and i'm right. in two clicks i'm in their account yeah. um, also asana oh, asana okay. is when you when, when you're yeah i mean you put that app on your phone and you can just easily add to that to-do list and uh, tag staff members tag your yeah. business partner or whatever um because you know when you're when you're in the game and you're in the entrepreneur world it's 24 7 you're, you might not yes. work all the time but you're on call all the time especially with your brain so you need you need a you need a good tool to keep organized and, and asana is phenomenal no that's awesome any advice for beginner investors uh yeah um my advice to any i mean there's Every piece of advice is important, but the, the, the best piece of advice that I can give is the mistake that I made, and that is to get started. Do not wait. Get going. Throw yourself into the fire. Immerse yourself in what you want to do with your life, your dreams, and just get started. The only, only regret that I have in my life is that I didn't start pursuing this uh, much sooner because I love it. I'm good at it, and it doesn't feel like I work anymore even though I work all the time, it's just a good time. So I wish I did it 20 years prior. That's awesome. How do you give back? You know, I, I, I get a lot of calls from investors. I talk with a lot of people in, in, in real estate and I, I, I give back just my wealth of experience and knowledge. So we, we, we have a small little mastermind of friends and family members and some of our private lenders, we have some private lenders that still want to buy real estate. And we're, we give back to the real estate community as best we can for our family and friends to start growing some wealth and income through real estate. And um, yeah, that's important for us. We want to see our network of people uh, rising tides, raise all ships, right? And, and, and that's, a, uh, that's a big thing for us. It's awesome. How can my listeners reach out to you? All right. Well, you know, uh, at, uh, our company is called National Property Group. And at nationalpropertygroup.com, I would encourage anyone to uh, just follow our newsletter. Every month we put out deals that we got. Uh, it's just a nice little inside look uh, at a active, growing real estate company. And all our socials are on there, email. And, and, and I'm on Instagram mostly than, than all the other ones. But uh through our website, sign it up for the newsletter, give us a call, shoot me an email, nationalpropertygroup.com. Thank you, Garrett, for your time. Hey, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Matters podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes so others can enjoy the show too. Have a great week and happy investing.